and welcome to Murder on Her Mind. I'm Caitlin O'Malley and I'm your host this podcast. Well, hello and happy Thursday to you all. I hope you're having a wonderful day. One more day left, one more day left the week and then you are off and it'll be lovely. Um, I don't know if I have anything really to like update you on because my life has been pretty boring. Uh, we did our family photo shoot on Sunday, which was really nice. And then I've just been working. We were all like anxiously waiting for the update that had happened on Tuesday um, for COVID. And honestly, nothing really changed. Um, I think we were all anticipating a lockdown and um, I even put up a poll up on Instagram and I was really shocked by the amount of people that thought there was going to be one. And there was only like nine people out of like 50 or 60 people who voted yes they thought there was going to be one. Um, or at least the people think that, that we needed one. Um, and then we're not in one still. And our ICU beds are at 90% capacity. So that's um, really scary. Um, I, I honestly, like, I obviously don't want us to be in a lockdown. And I'm personally not afraid of COVID. Like, I don't think I'll ever get it. And if I did, I think I'd be okay. It's just more so for the people who are vulnerable towards it. And you know um the healthcare workers that are literally busting their asses right now like that's that's who i'm thinking of like during this time my heart really does go out to them because like that's honestly who and what i'm thinking of at this moment is these people are literally working on the front line of it all and i get that like what i do i'm an esthetician i am i work for a small business it's great i love my job and i'm so happy that i can work through through christmas as christmas is our busiest time of year but um i was really expecting us to do a two-week lockdown so we could at least be open for christmas with not many rising cases and unfortunately the um, rules were set in place i don't think are really going to bring the numbers down so we'll see we'll see um again I, the one reason why I didn't want to lock down was because it was so close to Christmas and I was I was really relying on my December month. Um, as any small business owner, um, and I'm not a business owner, but people who work for a small company, um, you know, Christmas is one of their busiest time of year because people come in and regardless if you own, you know, a cute consignment store or you own your own hair salon or whatever it is, Christmas is a major time for these small businesses. So um wherever you are just always remember during this time i know it's more expensive to shop local and to support local but it has a huge impact on our economy and it keeps us afloat um and we really do love your business even during this time and i understand that people are like kind of going into their own lockdown and for people who are able to work from home like absolutely like if you can do it do it let's just freaking do something to get out of this slump that we're in um but yeah so that was kind of like the major thing of our week and then i kind of went to work yesterday and i was like really glad to hear like that our clients are really happy and thankful that we're open and you know they want to be able to support us and it's so nice it really is really nice to hear um and then did a little bit of christmas shopping yesterday so got that kind of out of the way um 
and yeah uh, otherwise like life's been pretty good this weekend we haven't really got much going on it's probably just gonna be like a Layla weekend just record some episodes maybe do some baking I don't know we'll have to see um, I know for like the first weekend of December I actually booked my boyfriend and I um, zoo lights so uh, you go and you go to the zoo I've actually never been to the Calgary Zoo before um, I'm not the biggest fan of zoos. The only zoo I've ever really gone to is Dublin Zoo and then San Diego Zoo. And I was very, very young at both those zoos. And um, I don't know, they always just kind of make me feel sad. But I hear Calgary Zoo is like one of like the best zoos actually in the world or in North America at least. Um, because of how well they treat their animals. Not because of like what type of animals they have, but of how well they treat them and um, all that. So yeah i don't know i'm just gonna i'm gonna go and they they get it all decorated for christmas and i just thought you know what it's only like 19 dollars um again it's supporting local and uh, it'll be nice it'll be a nice thing to do so we're gonna do that on saturday evening i haven't told them yet um so <laughs> i'll have to tell them tonight or something but i think it'll be nice just to do that and if if you haven't done it before if you have and you know like how nice it is or if you haven't seen pictures like um just look up the hashtag on instagram and you'll see tons like it's it's actually stunning um and lots of people go like with their kids and i believe like last year or over the summer they did something where you could like it was like for adults night so you could like go and you could go drinking and whatnot and I was like, yeah, that's great. That sounds amazing. But I didn't see anything for uh, this month to do that. Or December. Um, and yeah, like, it just, the life's been pretty good. It's been pretty slow um, in that sense. Like, I literally do nothing. I'm basically in isolation outside of, of work. I go to work and then I come home. Um, my family and I, when we went to like the family photo shoot, we actually did end up going to... Um, called Coal Garden in Inglewood in Calgary and like we just went on a family photo shoot mom and dad don't really go out like downtown or close to downtown at all because we live so far south um so we're mom's like oh I'd love to like walk through Inglewood so we did and um but she wanted to get like hot chocolate and there wasn't really a place you could have hot chocolate and sit outside because they didn't really want to be inside anywhere and then we went to the cold garden they had fire pits outside and unfortunately there's seven of us living in my house so even though the restrictions are six per table we we can't even if you live in the same household so we had to keep rotating who gets to sit in front of the fire um but it was lovely and it was such a nice evening and really spontaneous and um what's really cool about cold garden is you can order food from anywhere like in calgary or bring your own food to um this bar and I went inside because I had to pee and it is so fucking cool on the inside oh my god I'm like when COVID's over I'm like that I want that to be like my new place to hang out it's just so unreal um and like they have like decorated really cool for like Christmas and everything and oh the best part about this is you can bring your dogs so Murphy and Bailey came with us and then there was just so many puppies everywhere i was this is the best time of year to do this like this makes me so happy so um you know we all live in the the same house and in the nine months since this has happened actually probably all year because even then we didn't go out at the beginning of the year all seven of us got to go out and like have a drink apart from me 
and minors are allowed there as well and it was just it was honestly so nice and like i just recommended it if you live in calgary um but i'm blabbing on about that so i hope you enjoy this episode coming up um it is based out of germany so please enjoy me buttering every single name it is just horrendous to to listen to (laughs) it's so so bad um but yeah give it a listen don't forget to rate review subscribe and enjoy episode 19 happy listening okay guys so for episode 19 we are going to be heading over to germany i'm trying to do like as many different murders from like all over the world to give it some diversity even though we know most of the crazies are in the states <laughs> that's so naughty of me to say um but we are going to be doing the hinter Kaifek murders now i am just gonna say full-blown warning I have no idea how to say half these people's names. This is just going to be, you know, interesting in itself just for me to even be able to say these names. But we'll see how it goes. Um, so the hinter murders occurred in the evening of March 31st in 1922, uh, in which six inhabitants of a small Bavarian farmstead located approximately 70 kilometers north of Munich, Germany, were murdered by an unknown assailant. So this is a mystery in itself, this murder. And it's it's kind of creepy. Like, I just kind of happened to, like, look up, like, you know, I just, I literally the words I typed in were insane murders from Germany. And this was the first one that came up. So I kind of, like, was reading into it last weekend. And I was like, yeah, this is definitely one I kind of want to do. So... Um, the six victims were Andreas Gruber and Casilia Gruber, their widowed daughter Victoria Gabriel, Victoria's children Casilia and Joseph, and the maid Maria Bogmunter. Again, anyone who is listening from Germany or anyone who knows the story and knows how to pronounce these names, you're probably fucking dying in your chair of embarrassment right now because I've just butchered them so hard. But that's okay. People kind of even say my name and it's Caitlin O'Malley and they call me Caitlin O'Malley. I'm like, haven't you watched Grey's Anatomy? Don't you know who George O'Malley is? His name is not George O'Malley, is it? No. So I get it. I get frustrated when people say people's names wrong. So my apologies. (laughs) They were found decapitated. The perpetrator lived uh, with the six corpses other victims for three days the murders are considered one of the most gruesome and puzzling unsolved crimes in german history less than a year after the murders after the murder investigation the farm was completely demolished revealing additional evidence the matok hidden it's just a type of a uh, hammer i had to like google that because i didn't know I didn't ask my dad because he would have laughed in my face hidden in the attic and a pen knife in the hay barn so strange things began to occur in and around the Hinterkaifeck sometime shortly before the attack. Six months before the attack, the family may quit. It had been widely claimed that her reason for leaving was that she had heard strange sounds in the attic and believed the house was haunted. You know, if I'm ever working in a house and I think it's haunted, I'm out of there. Peace the fuck out. Like, I do not mess that stuff. Right now, in I'm a Celebrity, they're staying in an old castle in Wales. 
And I'm sorry, I would be fucking terrified. That to me is way more terrifying than staying in the Australian jungle. It's just so freaky to me. All the ghosts and terrifying things. Um, strange sounds in the attic and believe the house is haunted, but this is obscenstained. Nothing in her statement to the police suggests this. Andrews Gruber's found a strange newspaper from the Munich on the property in March 1922. Uh, he could not remember buying it and thus Gruber initially believed that the postman had lost the newspaper. This was not the case. However, as one in the uh, vicinity to subscribe to the paper, just days before the murders, Gruber told the neighbours he discovered tracks in the fresh snow that led from the forest to a broken locked door in the farm's machine room. Later during the night, they heard footsteps in the attic, but Gruber found no one as he searched the building. Although he told several people about this alleged observations, he refused to accept it or accept help, and the details went unreported to the police. According to the school friend of a seven year old, Kazia Gabrielle, the young girl reported that the mother Victoria had fled the farm the night before and after the the night before the uh, the act after the violent quarrel and only hours later had been found dead in the forest. <laughs> so creepy. This is already such like a creepy story. On the afternoon of March 31st, 1922, a Friday, the new maid, Maria Bogmanter, arrived at the farm. Maria's sister had escorted her there and left the farm after a very short stay. She was, mo- she was most likely to, to was the last person to see the inhabitants alive. It appears that the late evening, Victoria Gabriel, her seven-year-old daughter, Cazilia, and her parents, Andrews Cazilia, were lured into the family bar into the stable where they were murdered one at a time. The perpetrator or perpetrators used a mattock, again, that's a type of um, hammer, belonging to the family farm, uh, kill killed the family with blows to the head. The perpetrator moved into the living quarters where the same murder weapon he killed jo- Joseph sleeping in his bassinet and Bargmanter in the be- uh, bedchamber. Four days passed between the murders and the discovery of the bodies. On April 1st, coffee sellers Hans Krasinski and Edward Krasinski arrived in the Hinterfeig to find it was uh, to place an order. Um, when no one responded to the knocks on the door and the window, they walked around the yard to find no one. They only noticed the gate of the machine house was open before they decided to leave. Kazilia Gabrielle was absent with the excuse from her few days of school and family failed to show up for Sunday worship. You know when the family doesn't show up for mass, then you're in trouble. Assembler Albert Hofner went to Heifernek on April 4th to repair the engine of the food chopper. He stated that he had not seen any of the family and had heard nothing to the sounds of farm animals and the dog inside the barn. After waiting for an hour, he decided to start his repair, which he completed for roughly about 4.5 hours. So, like, this guy arrives and, you know, he's there to repair, like, a piece of farm equipment and he's noticing there's, like, no sound of, like, the animal or the dogs or anything, which is just so creepy, I think, when you're, you know, on a farm and it's just dead and quiet nobody's nobody's thought to do anything yet nobody's thought to say anything so it just must be so like eerie out there around 3 30 p.m this is a name that you're gonna laugh at me saying let's go for it let's see schlittenbauer that's it sounds pretty good if it's a makeup made up name 
sent his son Johan sixteen and Septon Yosef nine to the Hinterfeifeck to see if they could make contact with the family. When they reported that they did not see anyone, Schlitzenbauer, it's going to be a different name each time, guys, I swear, headed to the farm the same day with Michael Pohl and Jacob Single. Entering the barn, they found the bodies of Andreas Gruber and his wife, Kazila Gruber, his daughter, Victoria Gabriel, and his granddaughter, Kazila, murdered in the barn. Shortly after they found the chambermaid, Maria Bachmander, uh, the youngest family member, Victoria's son, Yosef, murdered in the home. Um, I wonder just like what like lured them out to the shed in the first place. Like it just so and like the one like the youngest son was like in the house. I I just find that so eerie. So Inspector George Regruber and his colleagues from the Munich Police Department investigated the killings. Initial investigations were hammered by the number of people who had interacted with the crime scene, moved bodies and items around and even cooked and ate meals in the kitchen. What the fuck? That, like, that is just so... I mean, I get it was in, like, the 1920s, but still. just People were like, well, they're not home. We may as well cook in their kitchen, you know, move a few, th- move a few things around. It's grand, whatever. I'll just make myself at home. They always say that to me. The day after the discovery of the bodies, court physician Joan Baptist and Mueller performed the autopsies in the barn. It was established that the mattock was most likely the, the murder weapon, though the weapon itself was not at the scene. Evidence showed that the younger Cazelia had been alive for several hours after the assault. Oh my god. She had torn her hair out in tufts while lying on the straw. The skulls of the victims were removed and sent to Munich where they were further examined. Oy. Um, the police first suspected the motive of the robbery was robbery and that they interrogated the traveling craftsmen bargains and several inhabitants from the surrounding villages when a large amount of money was found in the house they abandoned this theory it was clear that the perpetrator or perpetrators had remained in the farm for several days someone had fed the cattle eaten the entire supply of bread from the kitchen and recently cut meat from the pantry With no clear motive to glean from the crime scene, the police began to formulate lists of suspects. Despite repeated arrests, no murder has ever been found the files close to 1955. Nevertheless, the last interrogations took place in 1986 before... Okay. Who the fuck made up this name? How many letters is in this name? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. 21 letters in this person's name. Are we ready? Are you ready to hear me butcher the fuck out of this name? Criminal Hopping Kosmasar. Maybe that's not his name. Maybe that's his No. No, actually, fuck. What if that's like a German name for like a criminal investigator? Criminal Hoppen Kosmasar Koner Mueller retired. Oh, fuck, I don't know. Anyways, it has 21 letters in the name. Fuck that. So in the inspection inspection record of the court commission, it was noted the victims were probably uh, drawn to the barn by restlessness in the stable resulting in noises from the animals. Later in attempt, however, in a later attempt, however, revealed the um, that the least of human screams of the barn could not have been heard from the living area. One night after the crime, th- 
three days before the bodies were discovered, the artisium Michael Plokin happened to pass the hinker, hinter Kaifek. Plokin just observed that the oven had been heated by someone. The person approached him with a lantern and blinded him. Whereupon he hastily continued on his way. Pockle also noticed that smoke from the fireplace had a disgusting smell. This instance was not investigated, and there was no investigation conducted to determine that had been burned that what had what had been burned that night in the oven. On April first at three a.m., the farmer and the butcher Simon. Okay, here we go. Another name, Rebenlander, on the way home near. <coughs> Brennan saw two figures at the edge of the forest. When the strangers saw him, they turned around. Their faces could not be seen. Later, he heard the murders of the Hinter Kafek and thought he it was possible that the strangers might have been involved. In the middle of May of 1927, a stranger was said to have stopped the resident of the way found at midnight. He asked him questions about the murder and shouted that he was murder. He was the murderer before he ran into the woods. The stranger was never identified. So then they start to go on into all the suspects. So the husband, Victoria Gabriel, and yeah, his name's Victoria. Victoria Gabriel and Carl Gabriel have reportedly been killed in the RS France by a shell attack in December of 1914 during the First World War. However, his body has never been recovered. After the murders, people began to speculate that he indeed died in the war. Victoria Gabriel had given birth to Yosef illegitimately um, in her husband's absence. Two-year-old Yosef was rumoured to have the son of Victoria and her father of Andreas, who had incestuous relationships. That was documented in court and known to the village. Oh, so creepy. After the end of the Second World War, war captives from the Skrobenhausen region were released permanently to the Soviet ca- captivity claimed that they had been sent by the German-speaking Soviet officer who claimed to have murdered the Hinterkaifeck. Some of these men later revised the statements, however, which diminishes their credibility. Many terrorized that the Soviet um, might be Carl Gabriel because those that had claimed to have seen after his report to testify Gabriel had wanted to go to Russia. So moving on to the next vict- or suspect, um, Lawrence was his name. Shortly after the death of his first wife in 1918, Lawrence Schitzenbauer was believed to have a relationship with Victoria Gabriel and father of Yosef. The initials LS appear in Yosef's birth certificate, though these could be the initials of the attending doctor. Um, Schitzenbauer came under suspicion by locals early in the investigation because of several suspicions of actions immediately after the discovery of the bodies. When Skitchenbauer and his friends came to investigate, they had to break the gate to enter the barn because all the doors were locked. However, immediately after finding the four bodies in the barn, Skitchenbauer apparently unlocked the door with the key suspiciously and entered into the house alone. A key to the house had gone missing several days before the murders, Though it was also possible that Skitzenbauer had a neighbour of Victoria's potential lover and might have been given the key. When asked the companions um, why he had gone into the house alone, it was unclear if the murderer might still be there. Skitzenbauer allegedly stated that he went for a look for his son Yosef, 
Regardless of the above rumor, it is known that Skitzenbauer had disturbed bodies had dis- had disturbed the bodies at the scene, thus potentially compromising investigation. Um, for many years after, local suspicion remained in Skitzenbauer when because of his strange comments. Um, excuse me, which were seen as indicating knowledge of details and other killer would known. According to the reports of the files of the case, local teacher Hans Jobenberg um, discovered that Skitzenberg visiting the remains of the demolished... I feel like I'm just doing a whole bunch of twist, uh, tongue twisters in this. The remains of the Hinter Feifek in 1925. Upon being asked why he was there, Skitzenberg stated that the perpetrator's attempt to bury the family's remains in the barn had been hindered into the frozen ground. This was evidence um, that Skitzenbauer had intimate knowledge of the conditions of the ground at the time of the murders, although being a neighbour uh, and familiar of the local land, he may have been making an educated guess. Um, another sp- uh, speculation was that Skitzenbauer conducted and won several civil claims slander against the person who described him as the murdering of Hinter Feifek. Uh, I just find it so creepy that they could hear things in the walls and up in the roof before all this. Um, and, you know, to think that maybe the murderer was like living up there for like a week beforehand is so creepy to me. In 1954, prosecutor Andreas Pop investigated Adolf brother Anton Gump in relation to the murders of the Hinterfeifeck, the sister of the Gumps. And all I can think of is this is um, freaking Forrest Gump and Bubba Gump. Remember? Laughs like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I, that's like my favorite line. I think it's everyone's favorite line. Um, or when he's like, I like fried shrimp, boiled shrimp, shrimp and tomato soup, shrimp and potatoes, shrimp and ketchup. He's like just going on about all these like different ways to do shrimp. I love that. And like how like each scene, he just like keeps going on about all these different shrimps. <laughs> Anyways. The sister of the Gumps, uh, Chrysantina Meyer, um, oh, it's close to Chris's name, uh, claimed to the deathbed that her brothers of Adolf and Anton committed the murders. As a result, Anton Gump remanded by the police custody and Adolf was already, had already died in 1944. After a short time, however, so this is like almost 20 years later and they're still trying to investigate this. Fair fucks to you guys because that's, that's tough. After a short time, however, Anton was dismissed again in 1954. And the case against him was finally discontinued because he could not have been proven to participated in the crime. I, I honestly am like amazed that this is like still went on for this long. So in 1971, a woman named Teresa T wrote a letter citing an event in her youth. At the age of 12, she witnessed her mother receiving a visit from a mother of the brothers Carl and Andreas S. The woman claimed that her sons from Sattelberg were the two murderers and the Hinterfeifeck. The mother said that Andreas regretted that she lost his penknife in the course of the conversation. In fact, when the farm was demolished in 1923, a pocket knife was found and that could not clearly be assigned to anyone. However, the knife could have easily belonged to one of the murder victims. This track was followed without result. Uh, Krenzen Rieger, the former maid of the Hinterfeifeck, was was certain she had already seen a penknife in the yard during her service. And then moving on to the next suspect. I can't believe how many suspects they had. 
Um, I, I it, honestly like it, it's quite a lot, you know, for a murder that's that happened like twenty years ago. So Peter Weber was named the suspect uh, by Joseph Betts. The two worked together in the winter of nineteen ninety nine and nineteen twenty as laborers, and they shared the chamber. According to Betts and Weber, spoke in the time of a remote farm, Hinterfeifeck. Weber knew that the only the couple lived there with their daughter and their two children. It is likely that he knew about the incest between Gruber and his daughter. Betts testified a hearing of Weber and suggested killing the old man with the family's money. When Betts would not respond to the offer, he, Weber stopped talking about it. So moving on then to the Bitchler brothers, um, which is the the almost like a, how many suspects do we have? Like five suspects, the fifth sub- suspects. The former maid Krenzer Rieger worked from November of 1920 and September of 1921 in the Hinterfeifeck. She was suspected the brothers Anton and Carl Bichler to have committed the murders. So we're going back to these two brothers here. They seem to, they seem to be coming around a few times. Anton Bichler had helped with the potato harvest in the Hinterfeifeck and therefore knew the premises. Rieger said that Bichler had talked often about the Gruber and Grable family. Anton reportedly suggested that the family ought to be dead. The maid also emphasized that her interrogation of the farm dog barked at everyone, never barked at Anton. In the addition, she reported speaking with a stranger through the window that night. The maid believed that Carl Bichler, the brother of Anton, she was uh, thought that Anton and Carl Bichler could have committed the murder together with Gort- with George Siegel, who worked in the Hinterfeifeck and knew the family fortune. So supposedly, Siegel had broken into the home in November of 1920 and stolen a number of items, though he denied it. He did not state the carved the handle of the murder weapon, and he was working in the Hinterfeifeck and knew that the tool would have been kept there in the bar and passage. So we only have two more suspects left, and there's still not a whole bunch lining up about this. So we move on to the Taylor brothers. The Taylor brothers were also suspect, according to the statement of the former maid, Krenz and Rieger. Uh, the brothers had already committed several minor burglaries in the area there for crime, before the crime. Um, Rieger said that Joseph uh, Taylor stood at her window at night and asked her questions of the family, but gave it no answer. In conversation, Joseph Thaler claimed to have known the family members sleeping in which room and stated that they had a lot of money. He also stated that the um, key side clarification, like so that the key side of the house had a lot of money during their conversation. Rieger noted that uh, there was no other person nearby. According to the statement, Joseph Thaler and the stranger looked at the machine house and turned their eyes upwards. And the last suspect um, was um, Paul Mueller. So there's actually a book by Bill James. And in his book, The Man from the Train, alleges Paul Mueller may have been responsible for the murders. The murders bear some similarities in the crimes in the United States, including the slaughter of the entire family in their isolated home, use the blunt edge of a farm tool weapon, a pickaxe, and the apparent absence of the robbery as a motive. The authors suspect that Mueller described the German immigrant in contemporary media might have departed the U.S. for his homeland after private investigators and journalists began to notice the publicized patterns of the family murders across the state lines following the uh, brazen in 1912 murder of two families in a single night Colorado Springs. 
Colorado and a slimmer family weeks and few hundred miles away from the neighboring of Kansas. So they do believe that he had um, very similar traits to murders that he had done in the States. And then when he had moved to Germany, they kind of put two and two together. So after years and years of investigating, like almost 20 to 30 years of investigating, they have never found out who killed all these families. And the fact that, you know, the mother had kind of ran away and they think that she had like had an affair with this like other man and, you know, there was like money in the home. It seems like a hate act that they were trying to, you know, kill this family out of just pure heinous and anger. Um, Maybe because there's a lot more secrets in the family that people let on. But um yeah i think uh it's quite a freaky story and i'll have to get pictures to post on my instagram um based off of this and like the unfortunate thing is like it's it's they don't go into like a lot of detail but the fact that they were like all decapitated and um it was just like such a gruesome murder and they were all lured into the barn i think it's quite freaky and like i was reading some other stuff and people a lot of people thought maybe it had to do with like some paranormal activity like was there like a haunting that went on like the youngest of the family was too innocent so it wasn't you know he wasn't lured in but he was murdered in the comfort of his bed you know there's just so many different um aspects to that story but um excuse me i remember eating this or drinking my smoothie before this again it's so gassy okay that's gross <laughs> but uh yeah so that is the story of the hinter kfak murders in um germany i definitely want to do like more stories of like european countries because i feel like there's like some creepy ones out there i remember watching a show one time about um this young italian girl i believe and she was like found up in like the attic of like a church or something and it was just like so creepy and then people thought like it was the priest that like molested and murdered her um and she was only a very young girl um so i definitely want to do that but uh yes that is my story for today um i'll make sure i post some pictures on this and see if i can find any more information that i could post on my instagram based on the story But I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have an amazing day. And please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe and uh, happy Thursday. Bye bye.